All right, special episode here with Ashley Hibben of Basecamp. If you were listening early on, she was episode number five. I'm going to repost this episode. It's the first time I've ever reposted because Ashley just won a huge award. She won Class Passes Instructor of the Year for San Francisco, which is just a huge honor in a city that is extremely dense with competition. There are more gyms per square mile here than anywhere else in California. And to win that award just speaks volumes about Ashley, but also about Basecamp for providing a platform for talent to shine. Um, I highly recommend listening to this episode if you didn't early on when I posted it, and even maybe listening to it if I did, if you did. One other thing that I want to mention is that a really cool resource is available on my website, agymotion.com or agymotion.com. It's the retention calculator, and it's the first of its kind. It's going to tell you what variables you need to change or toy with in order to improve your average customer lifetime valuable and reduce your amount of yearly avoidable loss, which are just two hugely important statistics if you're thinking about retention and running a profitable gym. Not just running a gym, but running a gym that makes money. If you have any questions, reach out to me and we'll figure out how we can uh, look at that or, or work together. But without further ado, here is Ashley Hibben of Basecamp San Francisco. Here we go. So we have uh, Ashley Hibben here from Basecamp. Um, I will let Ashley introduce herself, uh, but I know you've been all over the fitness industry. Um, I, I checked out your LinkedIn um, for the last, like, what, five or six years you've been involved in fitness. That's right. Um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about what you've done and about what you're doing now? Oh, man. Um, I've kind of hopped around. I'm actually from Albuquerque, New Mexico. So that's where my journey started. And I came out to San Francisco six years ago. I got my degree in exercise science when I was back home. And when I moved out here, just needed a means to survive. So I actually started at Crunch Fitness. And then from there, just kind of popped around different places, outdoor boot camps, working for corporates or on-site tech companies, which was amazing in itself. Um, And then kind of found my way to base camp out of, you know, trial and error and trying out group fitness, doing personal training, but group fitness is super rewarding and you get to impact a lot more people at one time. So that's the big draw for me. So first off, tell me a little bit about base camp, what you guys are up to, kind of like what your methodology is, and then also maybe what separates you from a lot of the other, or what you think separates you from a lot of the other similar kind of like class models. So easiest way to describe Basecamp is we solve for three things. We solve for time. Our workouts are 35 minutes. That's the meat and potatoes. If you want to stay for longer, it's 45 minutes in total. You'll do 10 minutes of core at the end. Motivation. So we create a community that's welcoming, encouraging, and celebrating. So no matter what fitness level you're at, we'll meet you there and we'll help build you upon whatever your foundation is. So if you've never worked out a day in your life, 
we'll take the time to spend with you to go over form and technique. And then we'll give you lots of high fives on your way too, which is also encouraging. Um, and then the last thing is programming. So we create our program a month out in advance. So you know what to expect. There's no surprises. Each day is different and has a different focus. And we alternate between split weeks, which is just where you break the body up into different muscle groups and then full body weeks, which we alternate between strength and functional strength is just using iron barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, and functional is moving in different planes of motion. Okay. Awesome. Um, so you said you've worked at crunch and we don't need to like speak badly about any brands, but can you maybe differentiate between working at like a big box gym and working at, I mean, I think what you have six or seven locations at, at base camp. We have five, five. Okay. So can you differentiate the feel like the look and feel of working at a larger company versus a smaller company? So working at a larger company, it's less hands-on, I would say, is what I is what it felt like. Um, also, you have a monthly quota that you have to meet. And I don't know about all big box gyms, but there is some form of like supplementation that's thrown in there, which I'm not a huge fan of because I don't really use a lot of supplements. So there's quotas versus with training and then other things on top of that. Mm -hmm. And obviously like most quotas, that number continually goes up as you go. And so someone like myself who doesn't have a lot of sales background, it's really hard to quote unquote sell yeah. somebody versus at a studio where you walk in, usually people want to be there. It's a little low, lower pressure, but it's still any way you look at it, no matter what you do in your daily life, you're selling somebody on something, mm -hmm. whether it, what kind of, popcorn you want to get at the store or like what trip you want to go on. This is just condensing it into a more specific scenario and we're trying to help people become more fit. So I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. You're just trying to guide them, which is better. Is it better for you to work out on your own or would you like it in a group fitness setting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I feel like I kind of went down a rabbit hole. No, 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 you're good. Um, so something that I was really curious about is um, you, you've mentioned to me before we started recording that you're in charge of onboarding all new employees and training them. Mm -hmm. And one of the big focuses on this podcast for me, um, because I know how high the turnover is in fitness, is how do you train people effectively so that they can grow within the company, um, but not... I don't want to say grow out of the company, but, you know, like feel um, pressure to leave or start their own thing. Like, how do you empower people to make the right decisions, but also grow with the company? Yeah. I mean, I think anybody that you bring onto your team, first and foremost, you should always want to leave them better than you found them. And your job as their manager, their boss, whatever you want to title yourself is to help them grow and be better at whatever it is that they want to be better at. And it's not to put them like, you don't want to give them a ceiling and then you want to keep them. I'm saying this wrong. You don't want to put them in a box, right? And you don't want to keep them in that box. You want them to expand and grow as much as possible. So what are the tools that I can provide at this moment and this time in their life to help them get better at whatever it is they want to get better at. So when I hire people, I 
basically we usually use like Indeed or other kind of formats like that to hire people. Mm-hmm. And I just put in the description exactly what I'm looking for and exactly what I'm not looking for. So things like silly things, like you have to be a dog person because we're dog friendly at base camp, mm-hmm. no egos, you, you know, leave your ego at the door. You have to be willing and able to take feedback. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to tiptoe around you because again, my job is to make you better at being a group fitness instructor. So you have to be able to take criticism. Mm-hmm. This is also my family and protecting them. So have respect for the people that you work with and simple things like when people put out requests for subs I need you to respond to that, whether it's you can't or you can have respect for that person and just let us know. So I think communication is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, Being able to identify kind of markers of people that are being honest with you and that are just kind of saying things for the sake of they feel like you want to hear them. Yeah. So able to differentiate between the two, which is kind of easy. It's easier for me because I get to spend at least a month with these people before they come onto the team. Because yeah. they're coming in, they're taking classes, they're preparing for their audition. So things like just showing up to take class and showing up out of their schedule to take time to practice for the audition will speak volumes about how committed they are to base camp. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> um, what, what are a couple of your interview questions that you like asking or you feel like are especially um, good at weeding out people who might not be a fit? Um, you know, I honestly just like to have conversations with people like what are, you know, what are their past jobs? Obviously I want to know their history But again, those are things people can kind of make up. I feel like we put a lot of trust in people. So I think having references is huge and actually following up with those references is a big key thing, but that's not your question. Your question was my favorite questions to ask people when they're being interviewed. Um, So let's see, when I'm interviewing somebody, why are you in fitness? Mm -hmm. So kind of getting to know their story and their background Um, usually people who are heavily committed to fitness have some kind of story where they were, their life kind of changed from someone or something or some class. Um, so hearing that lets me know, um, just really asking them how they feel about receiving feedback Mm -hmm. because you, I mean, if you're not willing to grow, like you can't really go to any job and you can say that you can take feedback, but internalizing it in something different and actually being receptive to it. So you can tell when you ask people questions, you can see it in their face. If they get that little cringe when they're like, no, I don't really want, I don't really care what you have to say. Um, And then I think just how would you treat a random stranger? And I know that sounds like really weird thing to ask, but if you're going to mistreat a stranger. Like if you go to a restaurant and how that person treats the waiter, yeah. that's how they're going to treat people in their life. Yeah. So giving them a scenario, which giving them a scenario, <laughs> <Come on. laughs> um, giving them a scenario in which you put them in a place like a restaurant or what if, at base camp, how would they treat a member who walked through the door and they've never met before, but has a complaint? Mm 
-hmm. how would they approach that? Because yeah, our training staff doesn't, isn't knowledgeable in things, but they get complaints. So if you are going to mistreat that person in any way, or if you're right off the bat aggressive with them, or you have a wall up, like this isn't the place for you. We're trying to build a community. You have to be able to listen to people. And that's the big thing is you have to be able to listen to them. You have yeah. two ears in one mouth for a reason. So listen. Quotes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, and treat people with respect is what that comes full circle. Yeah. Um, so you're in charge of onboarding and training new employees, but you're also in charge of onboarding new members. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So I'm a huge, uh, proponent and advocate of onboard, like spending a little bit more time and money with people up front, um, in the understanding that long-term that will lead to retention or like a higher retention rate. Um, and I noticed on your LinkedIn, you said you raised your retention rate by 5% at Basecamp, or you were responsible for that or partially responsible. And then also um, dropped your new member churn 10%, right? Can you speak a little bit about that and just about your like onboarding methodology and how that long-term relates to retention? what I've seen success with is reaching out to them right away. So as soon as they sign up, um, I'll send them a welcome email, has a welcome packet of all the rules that they need to know, simple things like how to get on and off the bike, how to book sessions. So if it's during our prime times, the best way to get into those classes so they don't have any issues. Usually their first week, if they're trying to get into any heavily booked classes, I'll actually book them out. Mm -hmm. So then the following week, they shouldn't have any issues. Mm -hmm. Um, So just letting them know that I'm a helpful hand, I'm here to help. And then I actually reach out to them for four weeks. So they get the welcome email, they'll get a call from me as long as we have their phone number the following three weeks after that. And I'm just checking in, um, making sure that if they have any questions, if they are very new to fitness and they need to set up a one-on-one session. I do that or Basecamp does it free of charge. It's set up with me. So it's a one-time one-hour session where they can ask me whatever they want. If they're having issues with particular movements or pieces of equipment, um, I'm just there to help them. Mm -hmm. I've helped people set up like suggested nutrition plans, um, you know, help them pick, there's some members that I would reach to reach out to every week or every month and let them know which classes they should be taking in terms of reaching their goals. So, you know, it just comes back to caring. We care. I care about the people that walk through our doors, their family to me, their goals are important. I know how hard it can be and how lonely it can be on your own. So providing a service where they feel like they can come, they're encouraged, they're celebrated, they're going to get a high five. They're never going to feel like they're doing it wrong or that they could be doing it better. That as long as they're giving it their best, that that's all that we need. And that's all that they need to succeed. That's awesome. And like really encouraging because, well, follow up question to that is obviously the numbers don't lie. Um, clearly that's affected your retention, right? Um, but what are some of the like personal feedback that you've gotten from people about how much time and energy you're putting into the start of that relationship? Like in terms of 
said, wow. Oh my God. You know, it's like just asking that is overwhelming. Like I said, the people that come to base camp are real down to earth, genuine people. And I'm not saying that people go who go elsewhere are not, Mm -hmm. but they just have the biggest hearts and they are so appreciative of the time that everybody in the studio puts in the fact that when you walk through the door, we will know your name. If we haven't seen you enough, we will get to know your name. Mm -hmm. So at some point we don't even need to look at a board. We'll just check you in. But I mean, I've gotten emails of thank yous. You helped change my life. You keep me motivated. I got, um, a nice little gift packet from a member last week that had a water bottle, a book from my favorite author, I have members that will text me during the week. Like, I hope you have an incredible day. Like you're amazing. The love is overwhelming Mm -hmm. and it's not just for me. It's for our trainers. I'll see our members just thank trainers for coming in early to teach a class, Mm -hmm. Uh, things like that. So it's, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of joy and love there. (laughs) So the reason I ask is because you, you've been a trainer and I've been a trainer Um, and a lot of people think that, or at least the response that I get from a lot of people is that like, Oh, it must be so rewarding to help people get in shape. And that's like just the surface level of it for me. For me, it's really rewarding. Like I, like some of my best friends, like I'm, I'm getting married next year and I was like, damn, we need to move the venue so that it's a destination because I have too many people that. I'm now friends with from training that I, I ha- like, I felt like I had to invite, like I couldn't not have them in my life. And the like emotional connection that you get with people from training. And also it sounds like from what you do is, I mean, helping people get in shape is great, but like really, I think fitness is a really emotional thing. Like going to the gym, you're, you're going because you might not like how you look or you might not like how you feel or you want to meet people or whatever. So like, there's an emotional driver behind that. And it sounds like you get a fair bit of response from the like amount of emotion and effort that you put in. Yeah. Um, yes, I would agree with you. I got to say, tell you, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, friendships have been created. I mean, we, me and my boyfriend go on double dates with some of our members. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really amazing. And I think, you know, tying it back to, we were talking about listening to podcasts, reading books. I pull from all of the stuff that I read and I use that in class. Mm -hmm. So just helping them shift their mindset to something different is it's amazing. I don't know where I was going with that, but it, I don't know. It just like makes me happy thinking about it. And just, I'm as a trainer, as a group fitness instructor, you're there to motivate. You're not doing the work. They're doing the work. So I always, I always think it's funny when people are like, Oh, thank you so much for doing this. I'm like, I didn't do it. I really didn't do anything. You did all the work. You showed up. You did it. I was just here cheering you on. Yeah, I stood here with my hands on my head <laughs> what to do, and you did. Um, awesome. All right, so let's get into some of the meaty bits here. Um, let's see. Um, what's something that every gym could do tomorrow to save time? So something that businesses could do to 
save themselves time is investing in the people that they hire. Yeah. Plain and simple. So if you invest in the people that you're bringing in and you let them know and you set expectations, like, look, this is why I expect out of you. This is what I'm going to help you do. I'm going to help you grow in X, Y, and Z. You're going to be able to keep those people longer. You'll be able to train and develop them. And then when the time comes, because you've built them up and you've given them so much and there it's time for them to move on, they can help you train somebody just as well as you did them. Mm-hmm. And instead of going full circle and chasing your tail and continually having to hire people who really don't care because you're not willing to invest in them, you save yourself time. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You see like, or at least I see it, you know, I've been to like, we'll call it took the tour at 50 gyms and went through the sales experience and you can really tell who cares and who doesn't. And I went to base camp, you know, um, and you guys sat down and talked with me for like half an hour and you go to other gyms or other clubs or whatever you want to call them. And it's like one question, here's the five minute tour. Here's our offer, take it or leave it. Bye. Um, and it just speaks to how much you guys actually do care, which is, you know, phenomenal to have people in the industry that care. Cause sometimes it can get a bad name for just like being a transactional industry. Um, okay. So there's time. What's something that every business could do to make more money? Uh, every gym business, every fitness business. Yeah. Care about your, the people that are walking through your door. Genuinely care about them, get to know them, get to know that their, their stories, why they're there, what they need from you. And if you can provide what they're looking for and what they need in a place where they feel comfortable and welcomed, they're not going to leave. They're not going to go anywhere. And if they do, it's okay, right? Like maybe you provided a service for that period of time and then they grew and they developed and they need something new now. Or, you know, they find someplace else that is able to meet their needs. But the more you care, genuinely care about the people that come through your door, the longer you will be able to keep them and the more that you'll be able to build a business that thrives because those people will share their experience with their friends, with their families, with their baristas, with their dog walkers. And then word of mouth is the best way to get people through your door. What percent of your new business is referrals? And you don't have to answer like, you know, exactly that because I don't want to give away any secrets or anything, but I have to imagine it's high. Yeah. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's really high. And we also have like a great referral program on top of that. So can you tell me about it? Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, we call it 50, 50. So who our members can refer as many people as they want. And if any of those people that they refer sign up for an auto renewing membership, they get $50 off their next billing cycle. And then the member that signed up gets $50 off their next month's billing cycle. Wow. Yeah. And does that go to any of your locations or is that just the one that you're at now? Nope. Any location. That's wow. all. Covered. That's awesome. Yeah. So we have members in San Francisco that refer people to Santa Monica. That's sick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, what, let's see. Um, I'm looking at my questions here. Um, you have a gym bag with only three things in it. What's in yours? Oh yeah. This is good. Does that, um, is this assuming that I have my gym clothes on? Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> I was like, if not, obviously that's got to go in the bag. Um, okay. Water, 100%. I okay. got my water. Snacks, for sure, because I'm always hungry. Okay. I got to have snacks. Okay. And then I have to have music of some sort because I cannot work out without music. Okay. So you're you're pretty... Uh, I don't want to say simple. <laughs> Is that basic? I'm super basic. People will say like a lacrosse ball, a jump rope, and blank. No, I just because I can work out wherever I want. I just need music. Okay. I gotta have my snacks after because I'm obviously gonna be hungry. What are your snacks? Oh man, um, I love. Well, right now, currently, right by me, I have cocoa glazed almonds. So. <laughs> You know, I wouldn't say that's ideal, but usually I'll go with like Greek yogurt and some berries. That's a good one. Um, I do a lot of salads. Again, I'm super basic, nothing crazy. Okay. I'll eat like egg muffins and I'll throw those on a bed of lettuce. I have this, I like really want to get my veggies in. So it's easier for me to just throw it on a thing of spinach and then put my hot sauce on it and be good. I really am into Quest bars. Okay. Because they're simple and they taste delicious. Sweet. Yeah. I know. I know. It's so, I'm lame. That's okay. <laughs> You're great. Um, okay. Two questions. Um, actually three more and then we'll, we'll wrap. Um, what are you against in fitness? Oh yes. Okay. Um, body shaming. Okay. Working out with the lights off. No form corrections. Okay. I shouldn't say lights off. I should say in a very dark area or space where you cannot see if somebody's doing form wrong, nor can you give them corrections. Hmm, okay. Just going to leave that there. Um, I don't, let's see, what am I against in fitness? Um, I think crazy fad diets, not like big into that. I think you should just find something that works for you and stick with that, whatever it is, that shouldn't be a diet. It should be your way of eating. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I go back and forth with like taking all kinds of like half naked selfies. I'm all for like, love your body and you should love it, but I don't think it needs to be blasted all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, see-through pants. I wish we could fix that just for the sake of everybody. Okay. Nobody wants to be walking around in see-through pants. Okay. Um, and I think just stereotyping people in general. And I, in terms of like, if somebody is bigger, that doesn't mean that they're not fit. And that doesn't mean that they can't do something. It might take them a little bit longer um, and who knows, they can move weight. Like people can move weight. It just takes them a little longer and they need just a little bit more motivation and everybody is different. Mm-hmm. And so we should celebrate that rather than shaming it. But again, that goes back to body shaming. So I just don't, I don't like, I don't like that. I don't like people making other people feel bad because of the way that they look, especially in a gym, because it takes courage to walk through those doors and to work out, especially in a place where you feel like everybody around you is like super fit, whatever that means. Um, I completely agree with that. I think that when, and like, we'll just use like larger or like bigger people as kind of like the example here. Like when you see someone who's 
200 pounds overweight and they're in the gym, a lot of people, I think, give them like sideways glances, but I can't imagine like a more intimidating situation than that. Like it would, I mean, I, I just like physically can't like, it's emotional. It's challenging physically. It's challenging mentally. Like, I don't know if I've ever challenged myself as much as someone just like hitting the elliptical who might be a hundred pounds overweight. Like that's incredibly daunting. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, on the flip side of that too, right. You have somebody who's more on the tiny side, but they can only lift five pound, two pound, three pound dumbbells. Like you have to start somewhere and yeah. to like be in a room full of people who are lifting a ton of iron and you grab the threes and you need a bench. Like, people give you those looks and it's like, you know, that person just, they have the same amount of courage and no matter where you are on the spectrum, I think everybody deserves praise for showing up and putting in work. Yeah. That's a very well said. (laughs) Um, What is the most recent book or two books that had a really big impact on you and your life, not just work, but life in general? Uh, well, I just finished The Universe Has Your Back by Gabby Bernstein, and it was amazing. I okay. love it so much. Yeah. Um, it's really good. It's a good read. Uh, just I'm kind of big into the universe, and this m- might sound a little nutty, but it's okay. I definitely feel like us as humans, we have untapped powers that we have not yet figured out how to tap into. Mm-hmm how to use them. And I think being receptive to the fact that there is something greater than ourselves, whatever that is to you or the person next to you, but there's, there's something that connects us all in a way that I feel like we're just now starting to touch Hmm. and dig into. And so it kind of touches on some of that stuff, um, meditation, yoga, things like that. So just diving deeper into that. Um, the book that I'm another book that I'm currently listening to, I'm almost done with, it's called becoming supernatural. So it's kind of on that same path. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's again, tapping into meditation, connecting with the space around you, recognizing that we are no one, nobody, no thing. This is just kind of a vessel for us to move through. And we definitely have some untapped powers out there. So it's definitely changing the way I take on my day. Um, It's changed my habits. Um, But if you want something to, to, that's a little lighter than that, and not so in depth, the five second rule by Mel Robbins is great. Hmm. So so that was three. You asked for two. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if I could do 20, I'd be happy. I'm a, I'm a big reader. Yeah. Um, okay, last question. Love to win or hate to lose? Love to win. Hate to lose. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I hate it. It's, I, it's actually funny that you brought that up. I was thinking about it today. It was just one of those days, you know, we have minimum goals that we have to meet each day, and I just, like, was not feeling it. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of started – I changed my mindset of – as much as Basecamp is a team and right, it's a business. So each location has to hit a certain target or that's the goal, right. For the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost put it in a framework, like what are my competitors doing, but they're not my competitors. They're my coworkers, but what are the people in the other studios that I work for? What are they doing right now? And am I doing it at the same level or am I doing it better? 
or worse? Like, where am I at on that spectrum? And that kind of motivated me to kind of get my butt moving. Awesome. Um, You know what? I'm going to ask one more question since you, since you said hate to lose. Um, What is something that you um, let's use you as like base camp that base camp could improve on to kind of like take the next step in the company's growth? What could we improve on? Um, Honestly, I think it's the little things that add up to bigger things. So um, simple things like we have, we use an app and Mm -hmm. so like cleaning up the app so there's not so much clutter, being able to clean that up so we can actually put like new exercise movements into our programming. Mm -hmm. So we've actually hit like a capacity. (laughs) We can't fit any more on there. So things like moving things out or figuring out how to build a better capacity, which builds a better workout for our members. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just improving on, oh man, that's so hard. I feel like we do a a lot of things well, not to toot our own horn. That's good. Um, But like, if I really had to pick something, we need more locations. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the city. If we had more locations, we'd be able to hit more people and we'd be able to keep more people. So, I, you know, in San Francisco, if it's two miles, that's way too far Yeah, for somebody to go. So convenience is key. So I know that's a little harder to improve on, but definitely that would help our situation. One of my favorite quotes about that is the best avail- uh, best ability is availability. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Having like, if you guys had three locations, uh, it would be like four X, not three X. Yeah. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, I will let you go. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a real treat to have you. Um, and I'm sure I'll be at base camp soon. Hopefully I can come and take another class. Yeah, I hope so. And anybody out there who wants to come first free First class is for free. First class and it's is sweet. free. It's like I wouldn't I wouldn't have a crappy studio on here. Like <laughs> it was a really good workout when I did it for real. And I felt like I had been a member there for like three months. And my friend that I went with is a member there and she loves it. And you said you won't toot your own horn, but she toots your horn. That sounds weird. <laughs> she toots your horn. Um, so anyway, great job. Keep it up. And, uh, I know you and I will stay connected and we'll be in touch soon. I hope so. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate you. Bye. All right. That wraps up the episode with Ashley Hibben of Basecamp in San Francisco. Class pass instructor of the year. Pretty crazy. If you listen to that podcast, you just have a good understanding of the intangibles that it takes to accomplish high retention, but also just to accomplish excellence in your field. Ashley just has a passion for the business and it's really clear. I wanna talk to more people like Ashley. If you have someone that you know would be an awesome guest on the Fitness Retention Podcast, or you feel like you would be a good guest, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. My email is agymotion at gmail.com or agymotion at gmail.com. 
I also want to mention that I am taking on new consulting clients. If you feel like your gym is not retaining as many people as you could, or your customer or employee experience is not, uh, let's use the word optimized, because that's a good buzzword. If your experience is not optimized, let me help you. I want to help you figure it out, because I am trying to help make gyms better. And it always is helpful to have a set of fresh eyes on your business. So same email address, ajemotion at gmail.com. You can reach me there. You can get me on LinkedIn. And that concludes this episode of the Fitness Retention Podcast. Talk to you soon.